Hey everybody, welcome to the 1947 Rise podcast. A podcast that helps India-born US trained Indians get integrated into the Indian technology ecosystem and inspires them to move back to India to build massive tech companies and or help enable the tech ecosystem. We do this by interviewing India-born US trained Indians who have moved back to India and built massive tech companies themselves and or helped enable the tech ecosystem. Tejasvi, I'm thrilled to have you on the podcast. Thank you for having me here. I'm glad to be here. And I'm excited to get this going as you can, you know, see on my face. It's 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 there. And uh let's start by talking about your background. Tell us uh your story uh, up until uh now. Sure. Uh I was uh, you know born and brought up in India. Uh born in in a small city called Patna, far east from here. And um, I uh, studied in Patna before I went to uh, IIT Delhi for my undergrad. And I spent uh, the next six years of my life in Delhi. Four years at IIT, and then the next two years working with the consulting firm Bain and Company. And while I was at Bain, this is 2010, so tech was not a thing back then. And while I was working at Bain, uh, uh, I got uh, again incidentally, I think I'm a big, big believer of serendipity. By the way, so I got staffed on a uh, on a private equity case. So a bunch of private equity firms were looking to buy an IT services company out. So I somehow got staffed onto that case, and uh, that was my first flavor. of uh, tech uh, uh, and tech investing most importantly and i quite liked it although the work was quite intense they would make you work like 18 hours every day uh, but it was a lot of fun we had a good team and uh, i quite liked uh, what uh, what we were doing uh, and that uh, you know went on for a few months and i got started on another identical case and and that's how it began and uh, that uh, peaked an interest in investing so uh, you know i would come come back uh, from work and keep exploring about and reading about investment firms uh, and um, at that time you know sequoia sequoia had that uh, probably just launched this analyst program uh, and somehow you know one of my friends landed there ishan who's my partner here at sequoia now and i got an interview and i ended up at sequoia this is 2012 uh, at that time let me tell you tech was not a thing like india probably had 50 million internet users uh, maybe close to 100 uh, and the whole, the entire year i remember four five of us looked at one company that was called redbus.com uh, uh, and of course that company did very well got acquired by naspers and then uh, and eventually by uh, make my trip and now i hear it's doing very well uh, but yeah the tech density in the in the country and just the number of opportunities were far and few between so i did that till uh, 2015 and 2015 i i was just lucky to um, again to stanford for an mba program uh, and i always wanted to live in the bay area and just uh, because bay area is you know at least to me back then is a you know uh, for a young starry eyed boy i think it was a a mecca of innovation place where all the magic was happening so i wanted to live there uh, right in the heart of the bay area and uh, i had made that decision to leave sequoia and go to uh, go to stanford for an mba and that was in hindsight one of the best decisions i have made because i i learned uh, so much and it uh, reflects in every aspect of of who i am today um, my learnings from stanford my learn, learnings from the us uh, and post graduation so actually interestingly again again uh, i think my entire life is a just a series of serendipities um so in 2016 tencent was looking to ramp up their india investment team and they had made a couple of investment they just uh, tested waters with the india india market but they wanted to augment their team and uh, they were looking for somebody who could fund that so i got an internship at tencent and i did that for uh, about one and a half months in shenzhen 
uh, immediately yeah. after which they made made me an offer and uh, uh, and then i decided to uh, you know uh, go to china and spend a couple of years in china just learning about the china eco tech ecosystem so i you know up until recently i kept joking with people last 6 years i have spent 2 years each in uh, india us and china three uh, three of the world's largest innovation hubs uh, and then you know in 2018 end i came back uh, sequoia was putting together this uh, growth investment team and they were uh, uh, and and the team was uh, very kind in uh, getting me back and since then I've, i've been back in bangalore and very thrilled about uh, what's going on in india right now yeah and uh, and tejasvi you've had a very unique uh, you know experience in 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 my view you know you worked in india first and moved to the us you spent couple of years in uh, in silicon valley and then you moved to china and you you you've had the best of the you know all three ecosystem and uh, recently you know you had tweeted about saying there's so much tech being built in this country uh, you know every sector every pain point every product service is being reimagined this is the reason to be optimistic about india's future so give us a overview of the indian tech ecosystem starting from you know 2010 to uh, today yeah sure uh, you know the way i see it uh, see the evolution of uh, tech ecosystem and I'm, i'm one of those who has been very fortunate in uh, seeing the entire evolution starting from 2010 11 uh, i would say there were three parts three stages uh, maybe 2007 or 8 to say 2011 or 12 was uh, really the uh, sort of the startup uh, phase for the indian startup ecosystem think of the ecosystem as a startup that was really you know you're grinding it out and you're trying to get the seed uh, seed money and series a and so on so that was that phase where it was very very nascent fledgling um, uh, sort of ecosystem and i think the thing things changed when flipkart raised uh, uh, that round uh, if i remember correctly it was uh, maybe 2014 uh, they raised a round at a billion dollars and that really put uh, that really put india on the map um, because people started believing that you know india could produce a uh, large uh, thriving uh, companies uh, companies that could scale and then in my mind 2014 to 2019 and 20 was what i call the scale up phase uh, where uh, it was all about you have found broad market fit because there is this billion dollar e-commerce company that is getting built out there's a lot of euphoria uh, these were you know id kids uh, you know it's a classic uh, story of a founder uh, you know it's a fairy tale like uh, two id id founders worked at amazon Left their cushy jobs, start a company. It has taken them six years to get to a billion dollars of valuation, six or seven years maybe. And then, so I think that was in some ways the first inflection point for for the Indian startup ecosystem. And then the next four five years were all about uh, scaling it up. Uh, and uh, I think we scaled pretty well uh, thanks to Jio. Uh, you know, now we have maybe six hundred million monthly active users on internet in India. Uh, in two thousand fourteen, maybe it was the number was hundred hundred twenty million, if I recall correctly. Uh, so this phase was all about scale and we did well uh, you know e-commerce uh, probably is now maybe 40 45 billion of, uh, of gmv uh, and you know the numbers you know payments has 250 million users and so on and so forth so i think uh, we did pretty well for uh, in the scale up phase uh, uh, you know 150 million uh, transacting uh, uh, users in india so we did pretty well and now i think the next 5 years starting from 2020 would uh, probably be the phase where you create uh, you know enduring long lasting companies sustainability i think is uh, at least in my mind is the is the theme for the next 5 years 
Uh, sustainability would mean a lot of these companies going public, like we saw uh, Zomato, and then there's a rich pipeline of companies going public, uh, Nika and Policyza, et cetera. Uh, and sustainability would mean uh, you know, continuously pushing yourself uh, to get to profitability and being a, being a sustainable company uh, on, uh, on economics and on viability and so on. Uh, so that, that's how I see it. But I can tell you, uh, Shiva, looking back in 2010-11, you know, when all of this uh, started, at least for my personal journey started, uh, I, couldn't have, I couldn't have imagined India being where it is today. It was nearly impossible. You know, I remember we, we were investing in, uh, you know, Baiju's classes and uh, this is 2015. So this is not too long ago, right? This is 2015, six years ago. And uh, at that time, Baiju's was probably doing seven, eight million of revenues. Uh, and then we were making a model thinking, hey, how long, how big will it be in 2020? And we thought it will be $150 million. And I can tell you without, you know, revealing uh, the numbers, there are multiple times of, of, the, of that, of what we saw. So I think uh, it was impossible to impossible to imagine that the tech ecosystem will be so large, so scale, uh, so scalable, and, uh, uh, and 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 so thriving in in 2020, 2021. Yeah, <clears throat> India ecosystem is absolutely compounding and compounding really fast. Uh, but we still have a long way to go if we compare Indian technology ecosystem to US and China. Uh, in what do you think, Tejasvi, what's next for India and how can India reach the scale of China, US? What needs to be true? Yeah, I think scale has three components. Uh, internet scale or tech scale has three components in my mind. Uh, one is just the consumption basket, like how much consumption is going on in the country. It could be B2C consumption, it could be B2B consumption, how much software is getting bought out, for example, um, you know, how much... Uh, Order, like how much food, how much apparel is getting bought out. So that is one component. I think, and that is tightly linked with GDP. As GDP grows, the consumption basket of India will continue to grow. In, in my mind, this is a uh, this component of growth is a more long-term lever. I think India as a country will hopefully grow at like six, seven percent real terms in GDP for the next 20 years, uh, if not 30 years, because we have a long way to go. Our GDP per capita is two thousand dollars look where US is or look where China is today, right? Like $12,000, $13,000. So we have a long way to go before we sleep. And then second component uh, is just the penetration of technology. So if you have 100 rupees of, uh, uh, let's say, consumption going on, what percentage of that is being touched by technology, right? Um, today, all those numbers are abysmal, right? Like e-commerce is probably the oldest uh, tech market in, in the country, and that is like less than 5% penetration. So it's a, it's again, a, you know, in, in my mind, this is a secular trend, like this 5% someday will become 50%. We don't know when, but it will happen. It's not a question of, uh, it's not a question of if, it's a question of when. It is inevitable. Uh, and we are seeing, you know, during COVID, I think US went from maybe 14, 15% uh, e-commerce penetration to 25% penetration. I think China is already at 30%, north of 30%. And of course, Indian companies also benefited uh, during lockdown and uh, and companies uh, sort of surge in scale and reach. And third is reach, which is how many people are on the internet today. Um, because if you have only 10% of your population on internet, then you are a small market. If you have 70% of people on internet, and that's uh, then it's a larger market. That number in India, like, like we discussed earlier, 600 million monthly active users on internet, I think we'll go to a billion in the next four or five years. Uh, so this lever, so in terms of saturation, so this, this will give us the hockey stick growth, right? This is like here and now, next four, five years, it is happening. We're going to get to like 80, 90% internet penetration. And so, you know, this will drive growth in the short term. Penetration will drive growth in the medium term. Consumption will drive growth in a very, very long term. So I think the tech story in India has not even, has not even gotten started. I see 
uh, you know, I tweeted uh, maybe a few months ago that the total market cap of Indian tech companies in 2030 will be north of a trillion dollars. Uh, and if you compound it another 10 years, it'll be, you know, $5 trillion. And, uh, and we'll still be, we'll still be thinking it's day one. So I think it's a long, long, you know, runway for growth uh, for all of us. Uh, all of us just need to keep working hard and, and hopefully we'll get there. I couldn't agree more with you on that. And, and this is such a you know, great lesson uh, for someone if someone is looking to understand you know, how Indian ecosystem has evolved. And Tejasvi, you know, I, I, get, I get to ask a lot from a lot of diasporas who are thinking about moving back to India. If, if they want to move back to India you know, in the next few months or a year, what do you think... Uh, they could work on or the skill set they should optimize on and uh, and and yeah what what should be the thought process like see i was likely different view on skill sets i think skill sets are evolving they are dynamic i look at my job right you know it has changed a lot i can tell you like last 10 years the job in western india has changed a lot uh, it is a lot more scientific now it's, it's, it is far more you know data driven now there's a lot more information now than there was there ever was so I think uh, jobs keep uh, keep changing, uh, you know, skill sets keep changing. Skill sets is a is a is a moving target. Keeps changing, but I think the underlying quality. So I, I focus more on quality, less on skill, because I think if if you fundamentally have the right qualities, you will acquire the right skills, which are relevant for the time. It may not be relevant ten years ten years hence, and therefore you will have to uh, uh, you know reinvent yourself. I think the fundamental quality that I think uh, makes uh, someone successful or uh, will help them do well in the startup ecosystem in India is a curiosity. I think curiosity is very important because, you know, let me tell you, like I spent time in the US and China, India will have its own evolution. So this X or Y uh, thinking or mindset, and it works, but it works only to a certain extent. It doesn't really work. Like Baiju, for example, has no comp. Now in 2015, we thought, you know, we couldn't, uh, we shouldn't invest in Baiju because there was no comp in China or US. Uh, we would have been massively wrong. Uh, and we would have deprived so many, you know, young and bright kids of a good quality education, right? So I think uh, fundamentally, one has to be one has to be curious. Second is hustle. India, let me tell you, is not an easy market to operate in. Uh, you know, we uh, uh, obviously work very closely with uh, many of our founders, and India is a tough market. And India has got got its own peculiarities. Uh, you know, a lot of things uh, that that should that one uh, takes for granted say in the U.S. Uh, and then maybe to some extent in China. Not that predictable in India. You have to hustle for them. So I think uh, uh, second is uh, in my mind is is hustle, uh, and third is teamwork. Frankly, uh, because uh, all of us need to you know band together and uh, you know work together on ideas, work together on projects. Uh, teamwork makes the dream work. Uh, you know, as as people say. So I think uh, teamwork is very important. So I think if you have these three qualities, uh, and if you if you have let's say two or three of these qualities, I think you're good. I mean, India is a land of opportunities. I mean. There's an opportunity everywhere. I'll give an example. The other day, you know, uh, a few appliances in my house broke down at the same time. <laughs> what are the odds, right? TV broke, <laughs> TV broke down, something else broke down. And uh, and then, of course, you have to call up these appliances company and say, hey, is, it, is my appliance under warranty? You don't even know, right? And then you say, uh, and then they tell you, no, it's not under warranty. Okay, send the maintenance. Then the guy comes and, and says, this is not working, that is not working. And I was thinking like if there could be a, just an appliance management app, which could basically plug into, you know, the CRMs of all these appliances companies. And then you go to the app and like, it takes your phone number and it tells you the warranty status. 
maybe you can also buy uh, you know extended warranty on top of it it takes care of all the maintenance schedules now this this may be this may sound like a third, you know first world problem and maybe it is but i'm just telling telling you that every day in india is an encounter with a problem and a problem that you and i know can be solved through technology and i'll give you another example we are uh, investors in a company called moglex um, i'm on the board of the company we work very closely with the founder they are building a e-commerce or a, you know commerce uh, platform for industries and let me tell you like 3 years ago before we invested i didn't even know such a thing could exist and uh, just the you know just the traction and just the nps and and the reception that they're getting from the market is insane because the alternative is so broken like they will they'll give you an amazon experience amazon as experience if, if as a say say a factory you want to buy buy something and compare this to the alternative which is to you know haggle and negotiate with like hundreds of vendors uh who are you know many a times not so reliable they'll send you invoices like thousands of you know reams of invoices that somebody in your finance team has to process so i think problems in 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 india are very very acute in whatever direction you look at and therefore i think india is a land of opportunities so you could uh, come and practically start doing anything uh, in this country which is totally virgin virgin land yeah it it totally syncs with your tweet right uh, you said uh, there's just so many things uh, to be built and so many things to be reimagined and 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 totally agree with you you know the uh, the curiosity the hustle the togetherness all three if you have those three i mean you could literally do anything that you want uh, you know at some level and uh, i just we would love to uh, get to know you at a deeper level what are it could be one or two or three books you know that has changed the way you think about you know work or life so that's a, that's a great question uh, look in my life uh, i feel i have been inspired by people uh first people and second uh, thoughts espoused again by people right uh, so i am a big big fan of reading uh, you know biographies autobiographies uh and i'll tell you a few books or a few people that have inspired my life uh, uh i think shoe dog would be one book uh when i was uh, super inspired i've been super inspired by philnight's journey and the humility which with you know he conducts himself uh and if you read the book it almost makes you feel like uh, uh you know even these successful people who are now luminaries in their own fields uh, are very fragile uh you know there were times when they were shrouded with uh, you know insecurity uh, and this uncertainty uh, of whether they will be successful or not so it makes success feel more real uh, more approachable uh, and uh, more human otherwise it just feels like you know some superman some super power has been able to uh, you know do something magical so i think i've been very inspired by finlight's uh, finlight journey and uh, he was also a, he's also a big donor to uh, stanford gsb uh, and uh, the campus uh, where you know the altars of my my learning was kind of uh, sponsored or funded by him so i'm grateful to him second i have been very inspired by amazon's journey i think i have been of late i have been reading a lot about amazon uh, amazon unbound and a bunch of invent and wonder a bunch of books around amazon and uh, uh, i have been super inspired by how meticulously how smartly they have built so many businesses and if you build you know one business one nice large business you considered super successful think about amazon they have built maybe four or five large businesses and uh, it is uh, it is incredible uh, i think it is one of the most uh, unbelievable feats in business uh, in my opinion ever uh, and then uh, you know so these are people and there are many more that we can talk about but these are two people that come to mind in books uh, and then ideas and thoughts that have been espoused by 
uh, espoused by certain people. Uh, so I benefited a lot by reading uh, Thinking Fast and Slow. I think it talks about human biases, and that is an area of interest to me uh, because at the end of the day, you know, to be a leader, I think um, you have to be good at making decisions, and uh, and decision making is hard. Uh, you know, in the face of so many biases, in the face of so much baggage and history, I think uh, we are all humans, and we succumb to succumb to our own psychology, unfortunately. So I think it has it has helped me declutter my mind, clear my mind, and and to the extent we can make good decisions, I think. It has really helped me, uh, and then I have been really inspired by uh, Victor Frankl's book *Man's Search for Meaning*. I think that is the ultimate uh, ultimate book. Uh, it is a very short read, so I recommend it to all your all your listeners. And uh, it is just incredible. Uh, and that is something that has. Uh, if you ask me, if there is one book that has really uh, changed my life or inspired my life, I'd say it is that. Uh, you know, at Stanford, the um, the first day uh, there was a bunch of onboarding, etc. And there was a big basket put somewhere, uh, like in in the in the hallways. No one was paying attention. So I walked to the basket, and then I see these small tags, and these are tags that you can attach to your bag, right? And they're different adjectives, uh, they're different words. And I fished out the word. I still have that tag with me, uh, and the word was meaning. Uh, and that's exactly the crux of uh, you know man's search for meaning. That the ultimate uh, driving force or motivational force for one's life uh, is to find the meaning in life, and that is something that will help you uh, go through the ups and flows of life and highs and lows of life. So I think that, that book has uh, really, 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 you know, inspired, uh, inspired my life. And finally, uh, sorry, this is a long list, but uh, uh, I, I, you know, I really revel in, I don't read like one book every week, but whatever I read, I think I really revel in reading and internalizing most importantly, the learnings. And the last book, uh, which I read recently is called Ichigo Ichi. Uh, I don't, uh, I, I struggle to pronounce the name of the authors, but, uh, and that book is super interesting. Like I again, recommend it to all your listeners. It is about uh, being in the moment. It is about the fundamental premise of the book is uh, the time that you're spending now, like the time that you and I are spending now under these circumstances in this context will never come back. And therefore it is all about, I so, so apt in the digital world where we are perpetually distracted. This is this notion of, being present and bringing your full self, you know, mentally and physically, etc., to what you're doing, I think is a very powerful notion. So I'm going to read the last one you talked about, uh, and I'm I'm reading this book called The Daily Stoic, uh, and it it has some parallels to it. And uh, and I have a book for you. Uh, I think you'll enjoy reading that uh, since you enjoy reading biographies. It's called uh, uh, Who Is Michael Owens, and mm-hmm. uh, and I have your address, so I'm going to give to you very soon. And they just be you, you know, in your early 30s, uh, and you just got promoted to, uh, you know, managing director at Sequoia, India. You've you've had a lot of success, and I'm sure you know you're gonna go. Still, you're gonna go a long way. What's something that you struggle with? Oh, many things. <laughs> you are just looking at the shiny tip of the iceberg. I can tell you, underneath lies. Uh, uh, lots of uh, lots of challenges, lots of lots of struggles. I think uh, it's a you know in our job, uh, at least the approach that we take here at Sequoia Capital, uh, we consider ourselves founders behind founders, uh, and uh, which means that you know it is a double-edged sword. One that it allows you to play a slightly more involved involved role than a normal investor would play in shaping a company and helping a company. Uh, and we are all, you know, cheerleaders by definition. Uh, and then, you know, uh, it also 
sort of means that founders sometimes rely on you on uh, while making some crucible decisions, right? They are seeking your advice. Uh, and sometimes, you know, and you obviously do your best, but sometimes you don't know what you don't know. Uh, and you know that someone is relying on you. Uh, they want an objective, best advice. And sometimes it is a struggle because look, this, I think building a startup is the most unnatural thing it could do. It's like, it's like athletics, right? Uh, you know, it's so hard to learn swimming, uh, especially, you know, I tried to learn swimming like five years ago. It is terrible. You can't learn swimming at this age uh, because it is an unnatural uh, movement of your body parts. So I think similarly, startup is like athletics. It is very unnatural. It is very hard. So just uh, sometimes there, just that uncertainty and uh, having clear thoughts uh, in, in the face of uncertainty, I think is uh, is very hard. And that's a struggle for, I guess, all of us here in the investor community. And second is, uh, which is more of a personal struggle, you know, uh, I have a very curious mind. So I, I like to learn and read and know about many, many different disparate topics. And just, you know, managing your time and making sure that you're able to do justice to everything. Um, quenching your desire to learn more at the same time, being able to go deep. I think uh, that's, a, that's a struggle, honestly. Like, there's so much content explosion. I wish, some, I wish uh, you know, Twitter to some extent does this, but I wish somebody could just crawl the internet and be intelligent enough to tell that, you know, show me or surface that all the content that was published that day that I, I'd be interested in in the decreasing order of, uh, uh, you know, uh, match. I think that would be a great, great idea. So I think just keeping up, uh, keeping it up with the world is, uh, uh, is, is, is a struggle. And then finally, I think uh, sometimes it's uh, the, uh, just the, uh, you know, paradox. Yeah, just the paradox of what's going on in the startup world where everything is hunky-dory and then you look at the rest of the country, the rest of the economy, and you just see this vast amount of suffering. Uh, I, I'm sure all of us know of, you know, friends who have lost a family member. I know of many friends who have lost a family member. And this reconciling the two is a kind of a cognitive dissonance. It's it's very hard to reconcile the two. Like on one hand, you know, we are all celebrating, you know, Zomato and 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 you know, uh, rightly so. I mean, all so many people have, you know, worked so hard to see this moment. And then on the other hand, you see all this suffering going on around you, and uh, some people really struggling. It's a uh, uh, it does it does raise questions in my mind. Yeah, and. Uh... Well, uh, being overly curious, I guess, is a, is a good thing to have. And, uh, and, and you're right, you know, even I compare uh, tech ecosystem of building a company just like as a sport, right? And uh, so talking about sports, uh, just be uh, last quick uh, few questions. Fed or Nadal? Of course, Fed, man. Any day. <laughs> How's your tennis going? Uh, my personal tennis is not going that well. I've not played in a year, maybe. Uh, but I plan to pick it up later this year. Got it. Since you're promoted to uh, managing director, I think you can afford me. When when I'm in uh, Bangalore next, I'll give you a lesson. Uh, we'll do that. 100%, man. 100%. And uh, if you could have dinner with anyone in the world, who would that be? Oh, my God. This is incredible. This is incredible. It'll take me like 10 minutes to think about this. Uh, I'd probably get dinner with Roger Federer. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, we know you, uh, you know, for, for, you know, the guy in the technology ecosystem, a smart thinker, thoughtful thinker. What do your friends know you for? Uh, my friends know me uh, for who I am. <laughs> uh, they obviously know far more than, uh, you know, all the adjectives you 
Uh, no, my my friend know me. You know, my friends know me as as a good friend. Uh, uh, and I at least try to stand by my friends during adversity. Uh, you know, a few weeks ago, I I spent the whole whole week in Goa, and unlike the first impression that might uh, that might come to you, it was for a friend uh, who had met with a very bad accident, and I was just taking care of him. So my friends know me for for uh, the devoted friend that I am. The guy uh, people can lean on to. Uh, yeah, that's that's all. Uh, Tejasvi, it was so good to have you, and thanks a lot for you know taking the time and you know walking us through. the indian technology ecosystem you know telling a little bit more about yourself how you think about things and you know uh, and and all that you know cool stuff thanks you for having me and i want to say that uh, what you're doing is uh, is incredible i think uh, uh, there are a lot of people uh, you know many of my friends who wanted to come back and who had all this uh, trepidations in their in their mind and uh, you know the content that you're creating and this knowledge base that you're creating uh, you know it's super super useful And super helpful for people who are making this uh, important decision uh, in in their lives. And uh, I'll be very happy to speak with uh, people who reach out to you if there's someone who's interested in doing something technology, venture capital. I'd be very willing to uh, you know speak with them and share my experiences in in a lot more detail if if that's helpful. Uh, but I want to say that all of us are very grateful that you know somebody like you has taken this initiative and is kind of bridging the gap uh, between uh, Silicon Valley and uh, Silicon Hilly. <laughs> I uh, love it and and it means a lot to me Tejasvi thank you so much thanks eva